You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Jason Kemp. American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. And when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. It's 58 years ago. Yesterday, 1963, 58 years ago yesterday, Dr. Martin Luther King gave that inspiring speech. Where he said that he dreams of a day where his kids would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that's rooted in biblical truth. They were not to be judged by the outward appearance, but by the heart. 
And so this morning, we're going to be talking about racism. And I am so glad I got the opportunity to do this. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate that. But as we started this series called Imago Day, the image of God, that we wanted to look at how did God create us? That God created us with his image. But then sin comes in and it destroys that image. It mars it. It, it makes it ugly. And we no longer look like God. We no longer look like Christ on the inside. But God came. Jesus came to this earth and he restores sin. He restores that image of God in us and makes us new again. And so out of that transformation, we wanted to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about some really difficult topics that are present in our culture, things that we don't want to shy away from, things that we want to know exactly what God's Word has to say. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about racism. We, I, I didn't know that the anniversary was yesterday when we were planning the series and the order of what talk would come when, and so it's... Maybe it's by God's plan or accident that uh, we ended up on that this weekend. But I want you to know that, you know, as I've started teaching a little bit more here at New Hope over the last 18 months, this is the message that I have struggled with the most. Not because of what's in God's truth, but how am I going to say it in our culture today? And so I want you just to know up front, I am, I am straying away from any type of... Uh, Silly anecdotes, stories, jokes, one, you know, offhanded sarcasm. I don't want to go there because I am not wise enough. I am not smart enough to look at every word from every perspective. And I want you to know that my heart this morning is to honor God's truth, to honor God's desire for our lives, and that we as a church can pursue Jesus together. And so if I say anything offhanded that offends, I apologize. It's out of my ignorance, not out of a malicious intent this morning. And so if you're at home and you're joining in with us, if you're here in the room, um, if you're new, if you're new to faith, if you're just kind of trying to figure out what this Jesus thing is and what church is about, we just want you to know that we're just, we're, we're trying to figure it out too. We don't know everything. We don't get it all. God's word, God's truth is bigger and grander than we can even understand fully. And so there is a mystery of Christ in us that we are trying to journey for and journey after. And so we just ask that you would join with us this morning as we seek Jesus in the midst of this story. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen as well, or you can pull out uh, your Bible app on your phone or whatnot. We're going to be in Colossians 3, which is where we happened to be a couple weeks ago when we were talking about transformation. That Colossians 3 verse 10 says that we are to put on the new nature, putting on Jesus, Right? And we're to be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So that's God restoring the image of God in us, in our hearts. And then it goes on in verse 11. And this is what Paul, I mean, Paul just wrote, here's this beautiful thing about God's transformation in our lives. And then this is his next thought. This is what Paul thinks, you know, now that we've talked about this life, we need to make sure we cover this. Verse 11, so in this new life, this transformed life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. 
Paul is listing a bunch of divisions in their culture. And I thought, you know, hey, we should maybe do a word study on these. Maybe there's some mysterious meaning behind some of these labels that, that we just don't understand in our English translations today. Um, no, it's Jews and Gentiles. Either you're born into the Jewish faith or you're not. And if you're a man and you're a Jew, you symbolize that through circumcision. And if you're uncircumcised, then you're outside of that faith. And those are just divisions that they had in their culture that day. And then it goes on to talk about those who live like barbaric ways and uncivilized ways. And they're not like, you know, like the other people who are civilized. And maybe they're slaves or maybe they're free. Paul is just saying all of that in this new transformed life. These things don't matter. Because in the end, verse 11 ends with this. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. So whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're a slave or free, whether you're civilized or uncivilized, it doesn't matter. Christ lives in all of us. And Christ is all that matters. So Paul is basically saying that when God looks at us, he's not worried about where we're from, what we look like, what we sound like, what we act like. That Colossians 3 could read something like, you know, in this new transformed life, it doesn't matter whether you're red, yellow, black, brown, or white, whether you're African or American or, or Burmese or Indian or Asian or Italian or French or German, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a Midwesterner or a Southwesterner or a Northerner or a Southerner or a, a Yankee or a redneck. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're from the urban center. It doesn't matter if you prefer suburban life. Maybe you're a country bumpkin. Maybe you're a recluse and you just don't want any of it. It doesn't matter if you're tall or skinny, short or stout, whether you're shaped like a pear, a banana, or a cantaloupe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a native or you're an immigrant or if you're an alien, a refugee, a citizen. None of that matters because Christ is all that matters. God sees diversity, not division in us. God sees our diversity, our, our variety of colors of skin, our variety of languages, and he sees beauty in his creation, not divisions that separate us one from another. The Apostle John in Revelation is sharing of a vision, a vision where he sees in chapter 14 an angel who is soaring across the earth, delivering the good news to every nation, tribe, language, and tongue. That the good news of Jesus, the salvation, the grace that Jesus brings is for all people. There is no division that God focuses on. It is for all people. And we see that right here in this very room, right in this hour. Not only do we have friends and family at home watching us live on the internet, but right now we have three languages represented in this room right this moment. English, Swahili is being translated. American Sign Language is being translated right here in this moment. We have friends whose first language is Miso. We have friends who have come from a variety of cultures, backgrounds, nations, languages, and tongues right in this place. 
God's diversity is beautiful in his creation. God sees our diversity, not our divisions. And God takes that diversity and he unites it all in Christ. So God unites us all in Christ. At the end of verse 12 or verse 11 says that Christ is all that matters. That the language in the Greek there is Christ is. He just is. Christ is and Christ is all. One of the commentary writers that I really enjoyed this week said that Jesus is all that can be needed. All that we are even able to need. Meaning all these options that we think might fulfill our lives and make us better and and improve our standing and blah, blah, blah. Those are but a mirage, a mist in our lives. Because Christ just is. He's the only option that we can need. So if God sees our diversity, and if God unites us all in him, under Christ, then divisions are not of God. And racism is a division, correct? That we're dividing one people group against another people group. And that division is rooted in pride, saying that this group of people is better than this group of people, and so things that we deserve and should receive and things like that should, should be different because one group is better than another. And if division is rooted in pride, and racism is essentially division, then racism is sin. Racism is rooted in pride, and therefore it is sin. Because pride elevates ourselves. Like Chrissy said earlier, we want to puff ourselves up. It's the temptation of rely on yourself. Satan wants to deceive us and make us think that we're what matters. It's not God. It's not others. We are the only thing that matters. And so our pride is a temptation to elevate ourselves. And when we elevate ourselves and we make other people less, we're basically saying that I don't see the image of God in you. The Imago Dei, I don't see it. I don't want to recognize it. And so when we make other people less than ourselves, out of pride, and we say, I'm better, I deserve more. I have done a better job in life. I have arrived, wherever that might be. And we ignore the image of God in others. It's basically justification in our minds to treat others any way we want to, without shame and without remorse. If they're less than human, if we can dehumanize a group of people and we say the image of God is not in them, we can treat them how we want. Oftentimes, the animal kingdom gets better treatment than some of the groups in our world. The sin of pride, of divisions, of racism allows us to build those walls between us and someone else and treat them less than the image of God in their lives. 
And if we back up a couple verses there in Colossians 3, Paul says that in verse 8, now is the time to get rid of these things, to get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander, and dirty language. That when divisions pop up and we feel dehumanized, humiliated, this is what wants to pop out of us. Had an experience recently where got caught up in horrible communication and a system really just kind of fell apart in our lives. And I felt humiliated in the process. And I lashed out. I said some things, I definitely thought some things. And I lashed out, out of feeling humiliated and dehumanized. And I failed in that moment. I fail on the other side of the equation too that pride creeps in and I just want to feel better about myself and the easiest way to do that is to push others down. Colossians 3 says to get rid of those reactions, get rid of that rage and anger and malice and dirty language and put on Jesus. Be transformed and recognize that it doesn't matter who we are. Christ is in all of us, and Christ is all that matters. In those lists of sins in the Bible, because you can find it in, in many locations throughout the Bible of, here's a list of sins that will not inherit the kingdom of God, and here's a list of sins that will, um, you know, prevent you from, you know, race and culture and identity are never in those lists. But pride is. And so we have to guard against that pride. There is racism in our culture. We fight it each and every day. We see it displayed right around us often. I mean, Martin Luther King, 58 years ago, was going through the same struggles with racism. He mentioned his kids that he hoped Someday we'll live in a nation where they're judged by the content of their character. That was 58 years ago. They're not kids anymore. Jesus dealt with racism in his life, in his culture. Remember the story of the woman at the well? She was a Samaritan. The most despised people group in their region. And Jesus sat down with her. Eternal life was for her. And Jesus even told a story, a parable later on, about a man who was beaten and left on the side of the road. And who walked by without giving a second glance? All the good Jews. But the person who stopped and helped was who? The good Samaritan. Jesus was fighting against racism in his day too. We deal with it today and it's not just an American problem. It's not just a black versus white issue. There are countries in this world who their own people group have turned against them. And they've been kicked out and exiled of their own land, their own people. Racism is real. Division is real in our world. And it doesn't just stop there. 
Racism is certainly a huge divide that we put up in our culture. But maybe we make divisions out of economic things. We look at the way people live, the cars they choose to drive, or the houses or neighborhoods they live in, and we make judgments. We make divisions. We look at the clothes they wear, the words they speak in public. We make observations of a person's life that we don't know, and we make judgments. Maybe we judge based on their lack of education or their overabundance of education, and now they're disconnected with the culture. Maybe it's about how they look. Well, if you'd made some better decisions in life, well, you'd, you'd be doing a lot better off than you are right now. We divide, we judge, we make these decisions based on our economics, our education, our personalities, our bodies, the clothing we wear. We, we do it over geography. Not just nations and continents, but we do it within America. One state's better than another state. Within Indiana, within Johnson County, one community is better than another. One neighborhood better than another. We make divisions over age. Well, you know, at least I'm, at least I'm not of that generation. <laughs> We've got the millennials, we got the Gen Xers, we got the Gen Z, we got the boomers and the busters, and we can look at each other and say, oh my goodness, your generation is horrible. But we don't take time to truly know one another. So if we go back to Colossians 3 and we kind of reinterpret in, in our culture, You know, as part of this transformed life of putting Jesus on, it really doesn't matter if you're red or yellow, black, brown or white. It doesn't matter if you're African or American or Burmese or Latino or Italian or Asian or Indian. It doesn't matter if you're Midwesterner or Southwesterner or Californian or Floridan. You're a Yankee or a redneck. It doesn't matter if you're tall, skinny, short, stout, pear-shaped, banana-shaped, cantaloupes. It doesn't matter if you're a native or you're an immigrant. You're a refugee, a citizen, or an alien. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or Independent or just fed up with the whole system. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic or Christian or Baptist or Methodist or Nazarene or Presbyterian evangelical doesn't matter if you're a masker or a non-masker doesn't matter if you're a vaxxer or a non-vaxxer it doesn't matter if you're a prep you're a, a popular you're an outcast you're a skater you're an emo you're a hood a gangster a cowboy a band nerd it doesn't matter doesn't matter if you're rich or poor high class low class middle class White-collar, blue-collar, laborer, professional, skilled worker. doesn't matter if you're married or single, divorced. How many more labels from our culture could we throw in there? Divisions that we put between ourselves and others based on color or language or geography or any of those things. When our pride creeps up and we want to say that we're better than someone else, it's sin. 
Do you know that Jesus prayed for you? There's a prayer in the Bible specifically for us. In John 17, here's a portion of it. Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples that are here with him, but also for all of those who will ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will be all one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me. And Father, and I am in you. That Jesus is talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That they are a community as one, unified but yet diverse. And Jesus says and that, that us, that they may be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one just as we are one. That I in them, them, and you are in me. And may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I think it's beautiful in Jesus' prayer that the result of us finding that beautiful, perfect unity of being together in community is so that others will know that Jesus loves them. I think that is beautiful. So to honor the image of God in each one of us, to honor the Imago Dei in others, we need to put aside division and put on humility and unity. We need to put aside division, take that pride, put it away, and put on humility and unity. That our hearts should break and grieve for the divisions, the labels, the, the junk that we put people through in our culture. So what do we do? We've got a few elephants in the room as a culture that we've got to deal with. Racism is one of those. So what, what do we do? Because it's awkward, right? We, our culture, our society has elevated this to such a height that what do we do? How do we live? Jesus gave us the example that we are to be for others. That we are to fight for the highest good in other people. And by doing that, the first thing we need to do is just, what is your story? To quote Pastor Bob, the most revered theologian of New Hope, right? <laughs> we love Bob. And as he sits with people who are, are sharing their story, he has counseled us to say the safest three words in the English language are this, tell me more. Tell me more about your journey. Tell me more about your story. Because I want to seek to understand before I need to feel like I need to be understood. Does that make sense? Tell me more about your story. I want to understand you. It's like there's a giant lever. I know you've probably seen the big ones. It looks like the big brake lever in a train engine or on a factory floor. You know, it's from the floor up. And you grab that lever and you just... You have to put all your weight into it to shove it to the other side. It's what God wants us to do in our relationships. 
that selfishness holds that lever to us and, and we, we want to make sure our story is heard first. But Jesus gives us the example that we need to take that lever and we need to shove it to the other direction. And before other people, tell me more about your story. You know, our culture tries to tell us, I mean, one side of the debate says it's only an issue for the individual. Individuals need to search their hearts and their minds and their own actions. And well, yes, we do. It's an individual thing. The other side of the debate says, well, but then there's the systems and the structures of our culture. And how does that enable, if not promote, if not actually be racism? And well, yeah, we need to examine that too. It's both and. We are sinful people. We created government. Goodness, we run the church and we know the church isn't perfect. So how could the systems of our world be perfect too? Critical race theory is a buzzword right now. It's huge. Is it in our schools? Is it not in our schools? How does this affect me? What is it... Have we truly sought to understand it? And I'm not saying critical race theory in its own right. I'm saying everything in our culture. Do we listen to 144 characters on Twitter and, and think we understand the issue? Do we read an eight-word headline in the newspaper and go, oh, well, that makes total sense. I listen to a podcast about CRT thinking, well, this will give me a lot of enlightenment for when I have to preach on racism. The host of the podcast was called on the carpet. Hey, have you actually read about CRT? Oh, no, I listened to so-and-so, and I assumed they were right. Tell me more. Do we take the time to truly understand before our story has to be understood? And ideally, if I'm sitting down with my friend Zach... I'm going to do everything I can to understand his story. And if he's living a transformed life, he's going to do the same for me. And so my story will get heard. Philippians 2. Um, we had that read on screen just a few minutes ago. Philippians 2, Paul is saying, do you have any encouragement in Christ? Do you have any comfort from his love? Have you sensed anything from Jesus, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Then if you have, I want you to do this for me. I want you to agree wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. You hear the unity? And then in verse 3, Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. And don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Take that lever and push it to the other side. Consider other story more important. Don't be selfish. Don't be prideful. Don't let division ransack your life but put on humility, put on unity. 
Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.